Hello, Divorce and Beyond family. I've got some exciting news because we have teamed up with Headspace to guide you toward better mental health. With Headspace's meditation, mindfulness tools, and mental health support, you're set for a journey to a happier, healthier you. And there's more because if you sign up through our exclusive link, you'll enjoy two weeks of Headspace membership for free. So don't miss out on this opportunity to embrace your well-being. You can check out the show notes for the link or just go to divorcebeyond.com forward slash headspace dash Susan, and you'll be able to start your path to peace and joy today. This is just one more way that we can support you on your journey to a better beyond. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I once had a woman say to me, I would so much rather that my kids saw a happy mom dancing around the kitchen when she was making dinner, even if she was alone, than an unhappy mom, either filled with resentment or anger or fear in this relationship. And I really think it's true. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process. So listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host and listener. Special treat today. We have a very special guest who's coming back to join us and share some of her insights and tips to help you through divorce and also some of her thoughts on the future of divorce, which I always find so interesting coming from her because she has a wealth of experience and knowledge. I'm thrilled to say that we are joined once again by Laura Wasser. Thank you, Laura, for beaming in. (laughs) Of course. Hi, Susan. Good to see you. It's good to see you again as well. And I was just, it's funny, I was looking up to see if anything in your bio had changed since the last time we did it. So I went to the the law firm website and uh, it's it's just a few more accolades have been added. You've gotten some more awards and <laughs> so all kinds of wonderful things. I just want to point out for my listeners, if you have not listened to one of Laura's other episodes on the show, I will link to them in the show notes. But let me just give a little background on Laura's illustrious career because it truly is an illustrious career. She is an LA-based attorney specializing in California family law. That's straight from your website. I thought, how underwhelming is that? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even come close to describing. And for many of you out there, Laura's name is not unknown, whether she likes it or not. And I'm not sure how she feels about it, but her name shows up in a lot of articles all the time because she is one of the or the go-to attorney of choice for many of our favorite celebrities and well-known folks out there in the world. And so the press does like to throw out her disso queen moniker. (laughs) If you can't see her, folks, the eye roll just happened. I had a feeling. Um, But so you probably do know her name. But what you don't know, maybe, is that Laura is, although she works with, uh, as I just said, 
celebrities and people who may have an awful lot more money than most of us. She has a very down-to-earth, realistic, and insightful perspective on the divorce experience for both her clients and for you, the the listeners. And that's what she's going to be sharing with us today. And she's also one of the movers and shakers in legal tech. And we'll talk about that a little bit more um, in this episode. I also want to mention she has a fabulous book and the title tells you everything you need to know. It doesn't have to be that way. How to divorce without destroying your family or bankrupting yourself. That tells you all you need to know about her. And she is right now the uh, great title for a business role. She is the Chief of Divorce Evolution with Divorce.com, which is one of the leading divorce tech platforms, and we'll talk about that. So again, Laura, long intro, but I wanted to make sure that I got all of that in. So thanks so much for coming on. You've been really busy lately, I know. Yes. Well, as you know, January, February are busy months for us in our world. And um, that was a great intro. Thank you. Maybe I should put you in touch with the people who did our firm website. Um, But yeah, it really, I mean, I'm coming up on 30 years of practicing family law. And when you have kind of been through it personally, professionally, as much and as long as I have, obviously you have some opinions about things and have very strong feelings about how we could make it better. And so that's kind of what I'm devoting myself to these days, not only in our private practice and trying to make sure that our clients have a better experience than they might have had, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, but that, you know, people who are entering into marriage now or extricating themselves from marriages have a um, a less negative, less costly, both emotionally and financially experience. So that's why I come on podcasts like yours and have friends like you that I can really talk to, commiserate with and evolve, which is why we call it the evolution of dissolution and why when Divorce.com and I started working together, I said, I'd like to be the chief of evolution. <laughs> I like that. I'm like, I, are you CEO, CFO, CIO, but yes. never the CEO that is the evolution officer. But yes. you really have, you know, you and I talked on um, another episode about the fact, you know, your dad is a very, very well-known attorney. You basically, not basically, you you joined the same firm. You both uh, practiced together. You said once, you know, the divorces that he handled are not the divorces that you're handling today in some ways, but in some ways the the legal framework has remained too much the same. We we haven't really evolved in the court system. Yeah. They say the law is the last thing to change. And although during my tenure as a family law professional, we've now seen same-sex marriage and therefore same-sex divorce and stuff like that, which is great. We've seen changes with regard to the taxes um, from and on alimony or spousal support. So there are things that have changed, but it is still a very, very bureaucratic, red tape, difficult thing. And I'm not saying it should be easy. It shouldn't be easy. But I don't think that the the legislature or the people who make the laws are necessarily people who are very concerned about making it easier on people's hearts and people's, you know, bank accounts. And so that's what we would like to see. I think definitely 
podcasts like yours, the people that you have on, some of our other colleagues who speak and write and who we've done panels with together. Um, we're all so interested in making sure that people get educated so that they do it a better way and know that it's not a failure, as I said recently in an interview. It's not a failed marriage. It's If you had a marriage that lasted for 10, 15 years and you had some great kids, that's no failure. Right. So I just I think that you know evolving and making it less of a taboo is important so that people get through it. And most importantly, so that their kids don't suffer the emotional kind of toxic task of having of tax of having two parents that are fighting and going through a multi-year divorce litigation. Right. And that's, I always say the litigation system was, you know, it was built to handle car accidents and the guy who didn't put the roof on properly on your house. What makes us think that that system's good for helping a family restructure? It's really, you know, apples and oranges. So hopefully we will see more change, but you're right. We have seen a little bit, but maybe I, I one thing I did want to dive into because I recently read an interview uh, that you did for CNBC and I thought this was great because it's essentially a relationship relationship tip from a divorce attorney. You said that you have your your idea um, as to the leading cause of divorce. And I have to agree with you. I thought it was, I immediately had to read that um, with, when I saw that title, I had to read that article. Um, can you share with us what you think the leading cause of divorce is? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really funny. It's my, my older son's name is Luke and the movie Cool Hand Luke, there's a great quote in there is, what we have here is a failure to communicate. I think a lack of communication is really the main reason people get divorced. Things that flow from that lack of communication are certainly extramarital affairs, drug and alcohol abuse, um, you know, the kind of resentment that get pushed down and pushed down and pushed down and then finally explodes into, you know, God forbid, domestic violence. Those are all the causes of divorce. But if you really, really connect the dots backwards, what you will see is a failure to communicate. And that's why I say to people when I'm doing their prenuptial agreements or when they come in for the first time and say, I don't think this is working. I might want to get divorced. I'll say, have you been to any therapy? Because if people learn when things are good and develop tools for communicating with each other, then they will be able to implement those tools when things are bad. And inevitably, if you're in a long-term relationship, you're going to have some bad times. But if you know how to use those tools and you can do them to get through the difficult times, often that will save your relationship or save your marriage. Yeah, it's really learning how to keep those those lines of communication open. I love the cool hand Luke quote. That's perfect. <laughs> Funny, I just had Bella Gandhi on. Do you remember Bella? America's favorite dating expert. But we were just talking about the Gottman study that they just came out with in their new book, Fight Right. But also just they said couples that turn toward each other are far less likely to get divorced than couples who turn away from bids for attention, right? And and it makes so much sense when you hear it. It seems so simple. Yet we as humans, especially in our long-term relationships, aren't particularly good at keeping those lines of communication open. No, it is it is definitely difficult. And by the way, I I do recognize it's much easier said than done. 
Okay. I mean, which is maybe why I'm single, (laughs) but I do know that the long-term working relationships to which I've been exposed, that is what in every instance I have been able to see and what they will tell you. But even if they don't say it, if you watch people that have been through, you know, terrible, terrible things, whether it's financial or illness or whatever, when they've turned toward each other, when they've communicated and we've worked through it together, that is what makes it, makes it long lasting. Yeah. I I mean, I think it makes um, all the difference in the world. And I know you are an advocate for starting that type of communication, even when it's, I think the phrase you used was unsexy. Because you, you're an advocate for prenups. And and I think, you know, we talked about this at a one of the panels we did together. And you said, you know, if you can't have those conversations before you get married, you know, when would you have these conversations? I'd love to hear more on your thoughts about prenups. I just think that so many people, particularly in Hollywood, okay, we're the land of fantasy and and beauty and and things maybe not being as they actually are. They appear different. And I've definitely had a lot of clients that I've seen year after year, they marry kind of the same person, just a younger model. (laughs) But it is true. And what I think is people don't like to think about anything beyond the gorgeous flowers and the cater and the band and that magical day. But what they don't realize is that when you are actually getting married, you are entering into a contract. And so when I say to people, whether it's a a young pop star or a running back for an NFL football team, they're like, oh, it's it's so not sexy. It's so not romantic. But there's going to be a lot of things if you're having a marriage with somebody that are not romantic. I mean, the day-to-day, the morning breath, the birthing, you know, the changing of diapers, the dirty dishes in the sink, the, you know, dealing with death of an older parent. None of that is sexy or romantic. So let's start here and get two things really clear. One is marriage is a contract. So for no matter what, know the terms. What state do you live in? Is it a community? Is it a community property state or is it an equitable distribution state? Most young people that get married don't even know what those things mean. Right? Okay. What are the laws about spousal and child support in your state? How is that going to work? How does that factor in to what you're doing? Know that, and then say, okay, these are the terms of this contract that I'm going to enter into. Does that work for me? And does that work for my spouse? And then start having some conversations about it because I really do think that having those conversations, I don't think everybody needs a prenup, but I think everybody needs to have the conversations that they would be having if they were going to have a prenuptial agreement. And that and more, not just the terms of the marriage contract, but some things that go more personally, like how many kids are we going to have? Are you still are we going to have kids? Right. right. Are you going to still work after we have those kids? Do we do nanny or do we do daycare? Do we do private or public or parochial school? What is how much are we going to put aside every year for savings? Um, what what does our travel look like? Are we going to sock it away and take one big trip a year, or are we going to do smaller trips and maybe not spend as much money? Those are the kind of things that you should talk about. And hey, you may change. You may say, I absolutely going to go back to work after you have kids and then you have kids and you just can't bear to. That's okay. Have the conversations. And again, back to communication. Yeah. And, and if you start it before the marriage, you're that much better set up for when these things come up. I'm not sure how you say to your spouse, your morning breath is really killing me. You're going to have to do something <laughs> about that. But maybe you just make a dentist appointment for them. There you go. <laughs> a little subtle. There's subtle communication as well, folks. <laughs> 
So, and, and so I hope listeners, you are all getting an idea of why I enjoy talking with Laura so much. I had someone say to me once, um, when I mentioned to them that, that I had back when we had done another talk, um, I think it was an Instagram live or something that I enjoyed talking to you. And they said, well, don't you think, you know, really because her clientele is so stratosphere that she's a little untethered from the, the rest of the world, the people who are listening perhaps to your podcast, although I've had some some people you would not believe who have reached out to me that are listening to this podcast. But and you say and I, and I just love this because it's it's so true. Divorce is the great equalizer, right? It is it it affects us all. It may f- affect us financially differently if you have different finances, but in some ways it is really the leveler for all of us. And and look, financially it affects us, but even the wealthiest of clients that I've had still had arguments about certain things that were just a matter of principle. And it's relative. It is, it's the difference between am I gonna have am I am I gonna fly private or am I gonna fly first class, you know, commercial, or am I gonna fly at all? Am I going to be living in my car or am I going to get to stay in our apartment? You know, do I have childcare or do, do I take the money that I'm making working as a grocery bagger at Ralph's and pay that to the babysitter or the daycare? It is all relative and it is all the bottom line is it is an uncomfortable feeling of not knowing. What is it going to look like? Who's going to walk down the red carpet with me at the Oscars or who's going to go to the company Labor Day picnic as my date? Am I going to go alone and everybody's going to be standing around the macaroni salad talking about how she's single? It's that kind of thing. And it's the same emotions of kind of fear of the unknown. I still think our culture gives us a sense of failure or embarrassment or having somehow not done the right thing if we're not married until death do us part. Oh, you've you've done something wrong there. Rather than, look, we loved each other. We had children. We still co-parent them, but we're not living under the same roof anymore, even though we're family, because that's just not floating our boat anymore. And what are these like kind of Christian values that we've all been fed since we were little kids? If that's not working for you in your household with your kids, then you have to figure out a way to make it work. And whether that way is more therapy, splitting up and seeing how that works, being happy with other people. I once had a woman say to me, I would so much rather that my kids saw a happy mom dancing around the kitchen when she was making dinner, even if she was alone, than an unhappy mom, either filled with resentment or anger or fear in this relationship. And I really think it's true. Yeah. I mean, we we are really setting our kids up. We are setting that example for them. And we still hear, I assume you still hear it. I know I still hear it. The, you know, well, we're going to wait until the kids graduate from high school before we split up or we're staying together. And my always my favorite, the kids don't know what's going on. We never fight in they front of them. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's, don't going, know what's on. going on, whether they know or not. And I'm not saying, oh, just rush to get divorced now. Don't wait. But I am at this stage in life when I have so many friends who are now becoming empty nesters. And a lot of them are saying, what have I been doing for the past five years? Our teenagers didn't want to be around us anyway. I've been waiting around here and now it's time. And, you know, when they tell their kids, oh, we're splitting up, the kids are like, well, that's about time. Like, you know, they, they of course they know. And, and whether they are able to articulate their knowledge of it or not, depending on their ages or their ability to actually talk about feelings, they know it seeps into them in some way, shape or form. So if you're staying together for the kids, 
no judgment on my part, do what you're going to do, but at least be aware of what that entails and what that means for you and your kids, because it's not a very black or white kind of presumption. Hey, Divorce and Beyond listeners, I've got a quick but exciting update for you. I'm so excited to say that the podcast is now available on Audible. Yes, where you listen to all your eBooks, you can now also listen to your Divorce and Beyond episodes. And to celebrate, we've got a special offer for you. You get one month free of Audible Plus. So to take advantage of that, just go to the show notes or even better, We have on the website an entire page of books that were written by all our many experts. You can go to the divorceandbeyondpod.com website, go to Beyond Reading, and you're going to find all the books that have been written by our experts, books like Christina McGee's Parenting Apart and Bill Eddy's Biff and Splitting. So whatever the book is, go find it there, download Audible, and We know that sometimes you don't want a hard copy book on display for everyone to see. So whether it's for privacy or convenience, you can listen to the books and the podcasts all in one place on Audible. So take advantage of this fantastic offer. Keep your journey of learning and empowerment going privately and conveniently. Go to divorceandbeyondpod.com and go to Beyond Reading. Stay tuned for more from one of the world's best-known divorce attorneys, Laura Wasser, who shares her insights into the number one cause of divorce, why prenup conversations matter, how divorce is and needs to evolve, and the future of the process. It's all a fascinating conversation and so on point, so don't miss a moment. If there was a pill, there was a pill that you could take, and once you take it and you ingest it, your divorce is done. How much would you pay for that pill? And that's what we figure out when we're figuring out, like, how much money do we have to throw at this problem? What do we have to do to get it done? Think about that pill, because that pill then enables you to move on to your next chapter. And that's huge. What would you pay? If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's special episode with Axios reporter April Rubin, who shares her findings regarding the recent glow up of divorce in America. Are we finally starting to move away from the stigma of divorce? Listen in to find out. But there does seem to be more wide acceptance, not only on kind of a moral level amongst all Americans, but also in terms of treating it as another life milestone. And now we return to today's show. In earlier when you were mentioning the, the great equalizer there, you said you still see people saying it's the principle of the thing. And I've always said those are the most expensive words in divorce. It's the principle yeah. of the thing. And yet I'm certain you hear it from people who can very well afford to fight over the principle. And I'm wondering what what is the conversation you have with a client around that phrase? Change your principles, examine your principles, figure out what's really important to you. I mean, again, just because you can spend $25,000 arguing about a vase doesn't mean that you should. And I think actually a lot of wealthy people, particularly people that made their wealth themselves, they definitely feel the value of a dollar. Just because you can spend money doesn't mean that you should spend money. And what you said earlier about divorce being a very different kind of of a lawsuit. I just was having a conversation this morning with someone because his wife's attorneys keep asking for more money. And she keeps saying to him, it's coming from the community. We're each paying half. 
And he finally explained to her, let me explain to you, this is our money. Like, this isn't like you get into a, you know, a car accident and the person who hits you has to pay you like a lot of money. There's some big windfall or a landlord tenant dispute. This is our money. If we're not paying your attorneys to turn this up, we get to keep it for ourselves. Keep that in mind. There's not going to be any big win here for either one of us. And I think people do need, the win is getting out in a cost-effective and amicable way where you can still look at that person and call them a friend or a family or a co-parent or a partner. That is the win. Yeah. And and not getting out with that ability to be able to move forward with some of the answers. I love that you mentioned earlier that fear of the unknown, because that is that equalizer, right? No matter who you are, you don't know what your your future goes from this you know, picture you had of your marriage and that relationship going forward in that family to suddenly being this, where are we going to live? What are we going to have? Who's going to pay what? When will I see my kids? All those things. So everyone has that, um, that feeling. But when you fight back and forth over all those things, as you were just saying, that that paradigm of um, you pick up the phone, call your attorney to complain about something, that attorney then calls the other person's attorney and we play that phone tag. You know, it's it's incredibly expensive financially, but it's also incredibly expensive emotionally and to the relationship, right? You also don't want to burn a bridge. I mean, it's so funny. I say this often to people, like once it's done, once it's settled and done, you will f- usually find a way to have a better, different relationship with that person. So many people say to me, I'm so much closer with my ex-husband than I was when we were married. I like him more. He's my best, you know, he, he's my best ally. I mean, last night, my son and I flew back home from Miami and his dad picked us up at the airport in the rain in LA at LAX, which is a nightmare. But he's like, I just wanted to make sure you guys got home safe and that it was a pleasant experience. If I have a court hearing or or a podcast that I have to do and I can't do the school carpool, whatever, he's my first go-to person because there's nobody else that cares about your kid as much as you do as his or her co-parent. So figure out a way to be able to get back to a relationship with that person. And usually once the litigation is over, that comes, whether you believe it at the moment or not. But it would be horrible to always be thinking back to that amount of money that was spent or that letter your attorney wrote or that snide remark that your attorney made during a deposition. I mean, really, this they're not just mouthpieces or advocates. They're actually someone that you are paying to get you out of this in a way that hopefully your next chapter includes that person, especially if you have kids, and makes them your ally. You know what? And I hope everybody just took a little note of that. I'm going to take that little quote out of there and post it because when you are looking for a divorce attorney and interviewing divorce attorneys, look for one who has that mindset, the one who is there to help you get out of it, not perpetuate that journey. Because as we both know, especially I have to tell you, going from being a practitioner on the East Coast where a long divorce is like a year to two years and then transferring to California where they can go on for God. Well, I think you're involved with one that's going on for seven years right now, right? Like they're, they just go on forever in some cases. Having it be done, I always tell listeners, right? There is a peace of mind. There's a price tag attached to your peace of mind and only you know the dollar sign that's on that price tag. And it's called being done with that divorce. So I have a judge that I work with, a retired judge, and he's he's now a neutral. And he will say to the clients, if we have, you know, a big kumbaya settlement conference, if there was a pill 
there was a pill that you could take. And once you take it and you ingest it, your divorce is done. How much would you pay for that pill? And that's what we figure out when we're figuring out like, how much money do we have to throw at this problem? What do we have to do to get it done? Think about that pill because that pill then enables you to move on to your next chapter. And that's huge. What would you pay? You know what? I'm going to borrow that story. Yes. From judge. That's a good yes. one. That's a His really name good is one. Judge Gordon, and he's awesome. And he does. Uh, I and love Literally, he, I mean, now he'll, he'll say to me, just like you did before, oh, Laura, I can see you rolling your eyes because I'm going to use the pill example, but it's a great one. Hey, you know what? I always tell, I was just finishing a mediation training where we were teaching mediators. And I said, sometimes when you're able to put something in terms that people who are in trauma and stress can understand, as opposed to people think we're lawyers and we're going to talk in that legalese and we're going to throw out the where to fours and the here and aboves and all that. Sometimes if you can tell them a story or give them an analogy, it is the easiest way for people to grasp you know, the, the, the safety chain that they're looking for. And that's a good one. I really like that one. (laughs) Please use it. He would be happy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe I'll reach out to him, get him on the show. He can share some more of those. I love that. So I don't want to get away from this without talking about the evolution of divorce and the future of divorce, because this isn't something that you've recently stepped into this idea that divorce needs, different pathways for different people and needs. Um, you know, I happen to be a bit of a techie myself. I love technology and what it can do for us. But you jumped on that quite some time ago, and you've really been at the forefront of trying to come up with ways for those who need alternative resources or alternative ways to go through this process, whether it be for cost, efficiency, whatever those those um, things are, or just not wanting to get involved in the litigation process. How many times do we hear, we just don't want lawyers in our lives? We get it. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> We get it. So tell everyone about divorce.com and about your journey. I'll call you a legal technologist. It's a new term I heard the other day someone used for me. I'll I'll use it for you. Fair enough. I mean, I'm sure some of the younger associates at my firm would be rolling in the aisles here. Anybody (laughs) explain me as anything regarding tech? But it was kind of, I mean, look, as you said, I grew up in the world of divorce because that's what my dad did. And I went to a high school where a lot of kids' parents got divorced and my dad represented some of them. So it wasn't foreign to me. My parents got divorced when I was 16 and they did it in the best possible, most civilized and loving way. Um, But it's always been something. I got divorced when I was very young after only being married 14 months. So we didn't have anything and there wasn't anything to really fight over. And so I was like, there has to be a better way of doing this. And we've always kind of been at our firm and in my family trying to figure that out. Then, as you mentioned, in 2013, I wrote the book. And as a kind of just a result of that, it's, it's about making it more approachable because the legal system generally is not very approachable. So making it so that people can get educated about divorce, that there's a community, you know, being able to log into podcasts like yours, Susan, and listen to people talking about it, having a sense of not being isolated, which I think so many people are when they're going through it. They don't want to talk about it with their kids. Maybe they don't want to talk about it with their families. If they talk about it with their, with their friends, maybe they're the pariah. So having a sense of community and being able to get kind of informed about it And then, you know, just the times are such that we date online, we bank online, we shop online. Wouldn't it be great to be able to go online, 
learn about divorce, plug all of your information into some kind of forms or platform that will then spit out numbers and laws and and ideas for you. Speak with your about-to-be ex-spouse about these things. Figure out what makes most sense for you guys, because as you well know, the two people that are involved in this know more than anything about their kids, their finances, their wants, their needs. Some guy or gal in a black robe that's never seen you, that has a crowded court docket, that you know doesn't necessarily have the time to read every single thing or get up to date on it, they're not the best person to be making these decisions. You are. So keep your money for yourselves, figure it out, come up with a plan that works moving forward. And doesn't that just seem to make so much more sense? It may be another thing that's easier said than done, but I really do believe that like communication, this is one that if you make that effort, you will not only come out the other end better, but you'll come out the other end stronger. You really get to be the master of your own destiny when you use a platform like divorce.com. And this one is so great. I mean, you know, I had an earlier one that I started when divorce.com came to me and said, hey, we know you're kind of limping along with it's over easy. Let us absorb you, be the face of us, talk to us about what you think as a divorce attorney makes sense. I was so excited about that because now we have different levels where you can actually do the entire thing on your own, or you can have a mediator assist you if you hit a stumbling block on one issue. It is huge. It's definitely, I think, the best product that's out there at the moment. And I really enjoy working with them because they are, first of all, the tech is amazing. But second of all, they really care about making sure that what we have out there is going to be helpful for any kind of an audience in any state, and I believe in Canada as well, that is tailor-made to fit parties that are going through this process. And that to me is what was important about being involved in something like this and making sure that it carries forward. Yeah. So I didn't even realize it was in Canada as well, because I think it's just a significant thing to note. It's available in all 50 states. So it really doesn't matter where you are. But if you're in Canada as well, that's really um, a significant add-on. I love to hear that. And you also mentioned that um, there are mediators available, which I didn't realize as well. How does that work if if, if a couple needs some assistance? So let's say you're going through it, you're filling out the forms, but the one thing that you can't seem to agree on is the amount of support to be paid. Either the guidelines that are being spit out don't work for you, or there's a part of it that you're not sure, well, should that really be considered because that came from a you know, my aunt's estate that she left me, whatever it is. So then we have a platform that you can buy in. You don't have to start all over again at all. And then you can have a mediator come help you, speak with both of you about it, come up with suggestions. And that, I mean, it's not going to be a binding arbitration, but it's going to be somebody that actually has done this a lot of times before, isn't affected personally by it, which also can be helpful sometimes, and really can guide you and figure out a way on that issue, how to get you through it. You can also have a mediator help you with the entire thing from the beginning. They really offer a lot of options so that people can figure out what works best for them. So as a mediator myself, my listeners know I'm a huge fan of mediation. So I love hearing that this is a part of the platform because people aren't left to, um, I always call it the kitchen table divorce, right? You know, where they, and and there are people who do this. We see them, you know, who can sit down and either to some degree, work out the issues, but need some help with a few additional issues. Or we sometimes see people who can work out all of their, their, you know, everything that they need to face. But 
knowing that there's support available with a neutral mediator, you know, that's really our, our role as a mediator to help both of the parties do what you just, you know, pointed out is the best outcome. It's not the stranger in a black robe making the decisions. It's you two, but it, you're doing it with the support of this third party. So that's a fantastic yeah. ability that that this platform has. And by the way, can I just say, who was ever smart enough to grab the URL divorce.com? By the way, that was a big ticket item. We were- Oh, yeah. Somebody that owned it and they had to get it. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's Oh, I thought someone grabbed it like 100 years ago no, and was just Liz, holding on. <laughs> when she got it, it was a big deal. It was a very, was a long time in the works. And I was part of that process because I knew the person that had it. And I was like, it's a little too rich for my blood. But yeah, that was a very big deal. Divorce.com. And I think that's also been very, very helpful just in terms of, well, if you're going to plug something in, let's try divorce.com. Well, that's what I always am talking when I talk to our colleagues about marketing for their practices. And they're still saying things like dissolution of marriage. I'm like, trust me, no person out there who's getting divorced is going dissolution. dissolution of marriage. <laughs> no, most people don't even know. They're like, why do they call you the disco queen? And I'm like, it's not the disco queen. It's ah. the disco queen. And they're like, well, what's that even mean? Yeah. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm the chief of divorce evolution as opposed to the chief of dissolution evolution because it just nobody knew what it meant. It rhymed better, but I okay, I, I the disco queen is now never going to leave my mind. You're in a uh, white okay, suit. It never leaves mine with all the time. Disco ball. That. Oh my god, I never <laughs> even thought of it. That is a classic. Well, I may have to come up with a graphic for this episode that is you. Yes, thank you. I can screen grab that. So, well, so so tell people how they can find uh, obviously divorce.com. Very easy URL, folks. I hope you can go find it. But tell them what they'll find if they go there and who should be going there to get you know, get some help, get some direction. I think, I mean, if you're thinking about a divorce or if you've got a child or a friend or a family member that's thinking about it, come to us because we do. We have a lot of education and things that you can learn even before you kind of embark on the process. And so while you're doing, you're studying, listening to your podcast, you know, going on, on other sites to get information about the law in your particular state, that kind of stuff information is power. Once you have some power, you can be the master of your own destiny moving forward. And I think that's huge. So I think anybody that's considering it or knows somebody that's considering it should come. And then you kind of can see the breakdown of what we offer at divorce.com in terms of packages and what would work for you. And like I said, you can always upgrade your package. You don't have to scrap it and then go back to the beginning. It's almost like a menu where you order and then you kind of a la carte the mediator and a la carte the personal service. And that was important to me because I didn't want, you know, I don't know if you've, I've been on websites before where like it's an entire commitment just to get to be a member of whatever the the club or the site is the app. I do this with clothes for my kids. They like have these great streetwear things. And I'm like, I feel like I just had to get some kind of an engineering degree just to join this site and give you my credit card number and buy these crappy skate clothes that you're going to be grown out of in a year. It's not like that. It really is user-friendly in terms of being able to pick and choose what works for you and move forward. And our goal is just to get it done, to get you to the place where it's done. As you know, a lot of things, the most important things, the child custody issues, and to a certain extent, child support, those are always going to be modifiable. So you're not locking into anything that you couldn't change, but you're moving through it so we can get to that point where we discussed earlier, where the dust has settled and you go, you know what? 
this person is my friend. This person is my family. This is my co-parent. I'm going to call him up and, you know, see if there's anything I can do for him this year at Christmas or whatever to help out. And and that's where you want to get to. And I think what we do at divorce.com really helps you get to that point where you have some closure, which is really important. Right. Well, and and frankly, everyone, we know, I think the statistic is 80% of divorces have at least one party who is unrepresented by an attorney. I mean, it, divorce has become such an expensive proposition for people. And and frankly, just the vast majority of people can cannot afford it. And this is an option that really puts affordability on the table and choice. That's one of the things that I think is so important here. People, when they get involved, they sign that retainer agreement with an attorney. They sign up to pay a certain amount per hour, having no idea how many hours are going to get spent on that divorce. That can probably feel a little uncontrollable and, and a little scary, and, I, and it makes perfect sense it should. But yeah, when you, so many people that are getting out of their marriage because now they because they feel they don't have a choice. Now you're just having a relationship with somebody else with whom you don't have a choice. It, it can be very unnerving, I would imagine. And that's why we offer this alternative. Well, I'm excited to be able to talk about it, to share it with everyone. Of course, we'll have links in the show notes so that everybody can find divorce.com. But come on, guys, I think you can just go there. Be sure to tell them you heard about them on Divorce and Beyond um, and that you heard about them from their chief uh, divorce evolution officer. I just love I love that. It's so awesome. It's chief of divorce. It's code. That's my okay. C-O-D-E. So okay. Chief, chief of divorce, divorce evolution. evolution. That's how you can remember. How, yes. Now, see? <laughs> and I'm a big acronym fan, so that's wonderful. Yes. So, Laura, it is, I, I have to tell you, it's just always so much fun to talk to you, but always also so enlightening. My listeners love hearing from you. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Of course. Of course, Susan. Thank you for having me. Keep doing the good work out there that you do. I'm happy to come anytime. And, um, Yeah. Thanks for just giving me an opportunity to talk to you and your listeners. Always. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.